Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast. We are on episode number 17 and you are listening to another episode where today I'm not going to be bringing any guests on board. It's just going to be myself and the microphone. And I'm doing that because every week I get messages. Every time I release a a new episode, uh, there's always someone or a few people uh, who always send me a message um, saying that they're enjoying the podcast, which is fantastic. And uh, a couple of messages have popped up to say, um, can we hear some more knowledge bombs about your insights in the industry and um, what you've learned over the last few years? And I took a look at the stats as well. Like I, I buy a, a platform where I can see how many people are listening to the show and what days they're listening and stuff like that. And one of the episodes which gets the most listens is episode number three, the buyer, where I talk about um, how you should present a product to a category manager and the ins and outs and uh, what the best way about it is. And what I want to do today is just briefly touch on five key insights and findings that I have learned over the last six years working on both sides of the fence. So working for a major retailer and now working for a manufacturer. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes on in the industry that everyone knows, but no one ever discusses. And I I spend a lot of my time on the phone every week. I, I talk to a lot of different brands. I talk to a lot of different suppliers and also people, again, on both sides of the fence. So past employees, people who have moved on. And what I find is, especially for brands and manufacturers, they all say the same thing, but no one actually knows that they're going through the same thing. So I just wanted to kind of bring this podcast together so that People are on the same page. Everyone's going through the same things. And I believe there's kind of five areas where I want to touch on. And I'm just going to go straight for it. So number one um, is margin. Um, So your profit that you take home after a busy day. And the retailer, especially major retailers, think manufacturers are making some huge margin rates and it's just not true especially in the private label space it's a tough world private label you you're only fighting on a few things and one of them is cost and if the retailer thinks a manufacturer is making some huge margin rates then I'm afraid they're very wrong and I can be honest and open and say a lot of manufacturers around Australia and from a few that I've spoke to in Europe as well make single digits. I've even known, and this was a couple of years ago now, that there's some manufacturers making negative margin and you might go, well, that's a bit stupid. Well, it is stupid, but they have to do it so that they can turn on the machine for other products that make them slightly more margin And it also gives people jobs. So if they just said, no, we're not doing it, shut down the machine, people can't work. And so they're taking a hit for a bigger play. And 
it it could be common that yeah negative is all, is 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 awful but there is manufacturers out there who are on 1%, 2%, 3% margin and with the currency exchange rate it's it's just it could be so volatile so for any category manager if you are listening or anyone working for the retailer or anyone in a position of power where you're trying to screw those last couple of cents away just kind of get into your head that not every manufacturer is making uh, a lot of profit at the end of the day. So that was number one. Number two um, is an interesting one. Um, I I had the luxury of working with a general manager with the name Michael Loveson, who came all the way from Canada, who worked for Loblaws, who uh, said a quote to me that just stuck into my head. And he basically said, retailers can make or break suppliers. The suppliers need to work out if putting a product on a major retailed shelf is the right move. Most people want it. Most brands and uh, most businesses want that product on the shelf. But some people are just not ready for it or it's just not the right direction. Shelf space is a premium in a supermarket and therefore you should never get complacent because even when you're when when you take that space on a supermarket shelf, you have to fight to keep that space on that shelf. And you can never rest. Um, you just can't rest because there's no guarantee that you will keep that shelf positioning. And it's very true. If a better offer comes along for a category manager, they will dump you for that sexier model. So... If you put all your eggs in that basket and rely on that shelf position and that footfall coming through the aisle um, and then you get dropped in a heartbeat, um, it can break you. So that quote uh, from Michael again, retailers can make or break suppliers. So something that always sticks into my head and sometimes when I speak to small suppliers, it always goes, well, is this your right move? Do you want to build up slowly? And are you ready for 800 stores or 500 stores, etc.? So always just have that in the back of your mind and everyone's, uh, everyone's thinking it. Um, one big one for me, and I did not I did not realize this. It's only taken, uh, probably taken me the last 12 months to actually realize that most decision makers, um, who are the people in power who tell you if your product is good enough or can go on the shelf and uh, have space in an area in the bricks and mortar stores um, have never actually step, stepped foot in a manufacturing facility. Um, so they don't know how factories operate. They don't know how their fast acting decisions made without consulting the businesses or um, manufacturers or brands can cost thousands. Like They don't understand that them asking for one small change or a, a change in procedure uh, or, or a change in artwork, which uh, happens a lot, can cause a lot of manpower and female power these days um, in the workplace. That it it can cost thousands, and it can it can just change the way businesses work. So, for the people listening who are in these powerful positions and have a say in making um, making changes, kind of. Get yourself to a factory. Get see see what these changes incur, and 
work out if it can go over a longer time frame or if if something can be a bit more um, lenient. Manufacturers will openly welcome anyone that wants to know more about the business so that they have an easier understanding of how to do business. So reach out. It's it's not a us versus them kind of role. It, it, as I say at the start, we should we should be working together. For me, I want Australia to be the hub of innovation and product development. At the moment, we seem to be looking still to America. We seem to be going to the UK for inspiration. And for me, that has to change. We need to bring Australia to the forefront of food and product development. And that will only happen when, one, even more supermarkets come to Australia so that... um, there is more opportunity. But even with the retailers who are there, you've got your health, independence, Aldi, Coles, Woolworths. These these people in these um, roles and these retailers need to start working more with suppliers and manufacturers and brands on long-term commitments. And you can't expect manufacturers and brands to work off 12 months and then go for tenders uh, because it's just there's just no consistency Thing, things can't move time is spent in different areas where it should be spent on new projects so yeah just just bear that in mind um, for me to move forward commitments long-term relationships completely understand that there's competition out there and I'm not saying that it should just be an easy road to the shelf or to uh, to get in space in a bricks and mortar store there needs to be competition competition is great and uh, I, I I love competition what I don't like is um, just short-term thinking let's let's get a bit of long-term thinking so that we can make Australia a place where the world wants to buy our products and everyone benefits. So a little bit of a ramble there, but going back to the insights and findings in this podcast, uh, number four, which which just ties in nicely. Relationships are key. Um, this should be nothing groundbreaking, but a lot of suppliers don't make contact with retailers through the fear of not wanting to get in the way. So for me, when I worked... Um, on the retailer side, I used to have my key contacts and key favorites, I'll call them, because they were always in my face. They were always presenting me new stuff. They were always going, oh, let's grab a coffee and have a chat. What you're working on? What 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 can we do? What can we help you? Where, How's things uh, going with the products that we've got on the shelf? Any issues? They were always asking questions. And I love talking food. I love talking the industry. So it's not an issue for me. So what I would say is for manufacturers and brands out there, just start making contact. If you're annoying, if you're an annoying account manager or you're an annoying uh, business owner or business development manager and you don't get time, then you need to look at yourself. But if you've actually got some interest and uh, you're actually a decent person, the category manager or the person who product developer or procurement or supply person will want to spend time with you. They'll they will they will spend the time for on someone who wants to talk their language. So always always helps and it also means that you're also in the firing line for new tenders. You you're there, new opportunities and if something does go wrong, 
if you've been there and you've helped them and you've you might have got them a coffee here and there and uh, you might have uh, just uh, been a top person you will have more leniency too if things do go wrong or if you if you're out of stock here and there then you have more leniency they, they'll, they'll give you a bit more time and uh, a bit more commitment so relationships are key and the last one I want to touch on is this is a reminder to all suppliers Retailers are a complex beast. It has layers of departments, teams within teams, strategies, strategy this, strategy changing. Six months later, that strategy changes. Sign-off procedures, people who have to sign off the sign-off procedures, conflicting interests, data. Does this data mean this or that data mean that? There is so much complexity into just getting a product from A to B. Therefore, when you have this web of complexity means something just doesn't take a week. It can take 12 months or sometimes 36 months before your product actually gets in the right hands and on the shelf. And that's if you're lucky. I remember working with uh, one brand or one individual, a trader, um, who was fantastic, provided me everything that I needed. I had a great product. But our timings were just off every time. The market just wasn't ready for his product. And he thought I was joking. And I said, come come back in 12 months. And we, we, we stayed in contact. 12 months later, another 12 months. And it went on for three years. And he thought I was joking when I said, no, we're keen for your product. It just needs to be the right time. After three years and three months, his product finally launched. So... You just have to be in the face, as I said in the in the tips before, be in the face, keep in contact, and when the time's right, you just need to go all guns blazing if that is your strategy. If you go all guns blazing and you're, you're in a thousand stores, etc., but uh, you're actually a, a one-man band in a factory that only has an output of 200 units a month, uh, yeah, you're not going to do too well. So... They're just five of the snippets, and just to run through that, um, retailers, manufacturers are not making huge margins. They're definitely not making double-digit margins in the private label space. They might be making more margin in branded products, so your likes of uh, Nestle, Lynx, uh, Persil, etc., um, will be making more margin. But then again, you got to think they have to support their promotions, marketing campaigns, branding, etc. So at the end of the day, uh, even them, uh, even those big, huge names are not making um, the double digit uh, margins either. Number two was uh, a quote from uh, an old employee um, that I worked with. Retailers can make or break suppliers. So make sure... Um, it fits into your strategy and build up to the big guys. Uh, most decision makers are not made by people who have stepped foot into a factory. So keep that in in your mind and uh, invite them, uh, bring them into your uh, into your site, and uh, yeah, get to know them. Relationships are key, so always have that in the back of your mind. Have you spent enough time uh, with the people you need to spend time with? And a reminder to all suppliers, retailers are a complex beast. Um, I don't think they try to be complex. It's just how it's been formed. Um, and yeah, teams within teams, strategies on strategies. So just have patience. 
patience and persistence does definitely pay off. So I hope you enjoyed those little snippets of insights into uh, what I believe and also the stuff that I've talked to uh, about with different brands over the last uh, several months and even just individuals from different walks of life. So one thing I am realizing is when I speak to more and more suppliers, we are all in the same game. We face the same headaches. And uh, one thing that I love is there is a connecting energy. Like some suppliers are on different levels. Some are in the Premier League. Some are in League Two. If you watch the EPL, you'll understand what I mean by this. But the end game is the same. And the end game is just to create amazing products. And I just hope that these great products make it to the shelf and just don't get binned before they've even begun. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a bit of a random one, a bit of me just spieling out, but a um, bit different. And uh, let me know what you think. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, we've got a whole load of guests lined up. And if you like the guests, let me know. If you like me uh, rambling on, let me know too. And uh, I hope you all have a great day or evening, whatever time you're listening to this. And I look forward to uh, talking to you guys soon. Have a good one.